Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. I just finished an amazingly enlightening conversation with Coach Saji. You can find him at Coach Saji, S-A-D-J-I.com, or you could check him out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Telegram under the Healing Doc or Coach Saji. Fascinating conversation, but I just wanted to tell you folks, not surprisingly, as he was joining via Zoom, at certain parts in the interview, we were talking about COVID land, the high school theater production, his audio gets a little choppy and cuts in and out. So just bear with us, folks, because it'll come back on. It's just a matter of 30 seconds here and there. Don't think anything is wrong with your podcast player or the device that you're listening to the show on. So just stick with us, folks. You're going to enjoy this. Coach Saji coming right up. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. Folks, I've been telling you now for a few weeks that we were going to have the healing doc on from Twitter, Coach Saji, and he is with us today, ladies and gentlemen. As you all know, over the last nine months, my wife Maggie and I went through a journey uh, this birth journey, this labor process, and we went and stepped into the natural world. We worked with a midwifery. We got a doula who was into natural birth. We took uh, classes that were geared towards an unmedicated birth. And so we went through all this, and we ended up getting thrown into the Rockefeller Medical Industrial Complex hospital system in the end after my wife had labored at home for 48 hours. Infection started to set in, so they moved her. The midwives made the call to move her over to the hospital and luckily we were well educated we were well researched and we were prepared to deal with the rockefeller medical industrial complex and we came out on the other end my wife ended up giving a vaginal birth was it perfect was it the way we dreamed and planned for no it wasn't but we survived and we walked out of there with our heads held high and that's because we were educated and we built a very good team around us people we could trust and we ended up this was luck with a nurse who was willing to work with our midwife who was with us and our doula. And so we got a lot of what we wanted out of it. But I was aware when we stepped into the hospital that now I was managing the birth as my wife's coach in a completely different way than it was at home. Now it was about whether or not they were going to try to take our baby, move him into isolation, load him up on antibiotics for 24 to 48 hours and not let us see him for 72 hours or longer and so we started managing from that backwards and it turned out to be great so about a month ago i'm on twitter 
and I see the healing doc, and I generally shy away from a lot of the doctors and scientists I see on social media, especially over the last couple of years, because you never know which ones are part of the shill network, which ones are there as misinformation or disinformation agents, which ones are controlled opposition. But I saw what Coach Saji was posting, and it was specifically related to vaccines in general. And so my wife and I had done a lot of research over the last nine months. We found a physician I told you about who had been in the modern uh, medical industry for the last 40 years and then went off on her own and started a holistic practice for children over the last 15. She recommended no vaccines. And so when I saw Coach Shaji posting about this, I said, this guy is interesting. So I started following his tweets. I reached out to him. I said, hey, would you be willing to come on the Dustin Gold Standard? And he got back to me right away. And so we've conversed back and forth a little bit over the last month on Twitter. And then I texted him yesterday. I said, hey, are you still coming on the show? And here he is, ladies and gentlemen. So, Coach Saji, thank you very much uh, for your time, sir. This is going to be a very interesting conversation. We have some very fascinating topics to discuss today. Thanks for having me, Dustin. I appreciate that. Yeah, so I, we were talking before the show, and I said to you, hey, how do you want me to introduce you? You want me to give the big uh, Don King introduction here as if you're stepping into the boxing ring? Or uh, do you want to have a conversation? I said, I'd rather have a conversation about this, uh, a little bit about your background. Uh, we'll pull up your website in a little bit so people can find you if they're interested. So talk a little bit about your background in uh, medicine, I guess from Algeria to Canada, and then what you've been doing now with coaching. Talk about natural health and we'll get into all this as well tonight sounds good well um my background is uh, a classic medical doctor graduating from the rockefeller uh type of university right so i graduated in 1999 uh, as a medical doctor i was not interested in pursuing specialty and um being from where i am algeria at that time in the late 90s, early 2000, uh, it wasn't uh, uh, a great thing to, to be a doctor and it wasn't very well paid. So uh, the trend at that time was to uh, seek an employment with uh, pharmaceutical companies. And obviously, at that time, I wasn't awake. You know, I was awake to other things, but not to big pharma. So I uh, worked for Big Pharma for some years, and then I moved to Canada. And uh, in Canada as well, I worked for Big Pharma still uh, until I uh, landed in a, in a medical device company, um, which is not Big Pharma, but um, the job was um, not related to drugs or pharmaceuticals or anything. It was just um, breast pumps helping mothers, you know, uh, get the milk that they could not otherwise have if they had, you know, lactation risk factors and things like that. So I was uh, in charge of education at uh, one of the big companies that make uh, breast pumps. And I've been there for about six years. And uh, after six years, you know, the, the, uh, the pandemic hit. So... I decided to quit because, um, you know, the masking and the mandates started and, you know, the company went along with it and I decided to step away. Um, 
And I started my, my own business, like helping people get healthy. And I started called Saji, right? Um, so it's been a journey. It's been a real journey. But uh, throughout the years, I was always interested in, uh, in natural health. And I uh, actually never found that medicine made sense to me. So I never understood why medicine could not have answers to any of the diseases. So I will always lean towards natural health and uh, uh, drug-free kind of recoveries, right? Uh, but the problem was I could not find the sources or the resources that I needed. Uh, and about six to seven years ago, the turning point was uh, my sister having breast cancer. So she decided not to uh, uh, pursue treatment, conventional treatment. And, and for me, it was like um, a surprise. I did not expect my sister to make that decision. And uh, I was open-minded enough to ask her what were the reasons why she didn't want to pursue treatment. Uh, and she gave me some uh, good answers and she said, I have proof that naturally we can heal and I want to do that. I don't want surgery. I don't want uh, chemotherapy and things like that. So I checked out all the things that she shared with me and uh, many of them were on, were on YouTube still before the purge. And um, from there, I never looked back. That was the starting, like a real turning point in me, like really embracing completely and 100% natural health was my sister having breast cancer. And seven years later, she's healthy, she's fine, she's, she no longer, uh, uh, she no longer she, she's cancer free, basically. That, that's fascinating. I, I have a friend of mine here. Uh, she's in her 70s. And about 25 years ago, she had breast cancer. Her husband was a doctor uh, similar to you. He had practiced in other fields and he was working for medical tech companies. He held patents. He was actually very powerful. He's like a James Bond guy. He actually sat on a committee under five different presidents, both Republican and Democrat here in the uh -huh. United States as an advisor. And anyway, he was connected in with a group of doctors that were using uh, vitamins and minerals and homeopathy. And so he said to her, you're not doing chemo, you're not doing radiation, that's going to kill you. Now, meanwhile, these are the type of guys that are pushing people towards <laughs> chemo and radiation. And so yeah. he put her on this whole concoction um, of vitamins and minerals, and she ended up beating cancer and was gone three years later. Unfortunately, her husband has since passed uh she was baited into getting the jab and two months after she got the jab her cancer came back and now she went into chemo because she didn't have anyone to coach her and the original uh scientists and chemists that worked on the uh protocol that they developed for her years ago are not around anymore i mean they had passed uh -huh. away they were older gentlemen at the time so one of the things i i just want to clarify before we get into discussion we're going to talk about 
allopathic medicine versus uh, natural medicine and then get into medical training and how the big pharma industry has control over doctors. I wanted you to just clarify for the audience because I've heard a lot of people over the last couple of years, they're getting interested in natural approach like my wife and I did for the birth. And so I hear uh-huh. people throwing around terms like natural medicine, homeopathy, holistic medicine. I'm just talking about people on the street and they have good intentions, but I don't think sometimes people understand there are different approaches. You know, can, can you kind of explain that before we look at natural versus allopathic? Yeah, um, people usually uh, interchange those terms um, to mean the same thing, like homeopathy or uh, natural health or holistic health. But there is a difference. Uh, when, you, when you say homeopathy, for example, it's, um, it's a remedy-based uh, practice, which means homeopathy uh, or home, uh, homeopaths will give you herbs and natural remedies to uh, alleviate or to uh, uh, make you feel more comfortable. Like it's more, it's more like symptom-oriented practice almost like allopathic, but it does not use pharmaceutical drugs. It uses natural remedies. Um, the missing point, in my opinion, from what, from what I understand, is that homeopathy does not look at the root cause of disease. And homeopaths listening, um, I'm sorry if I got that wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> that's my understanding. Um, holistic on the other hand, looks at every angle of the human being, of the individual, like lifestyle, diet, uh, and nutrition, um, emotions, shocks, uh, whatever it is. So everything that concerns the individual is looked at to build a healing pathway or a program to get back to health. So fixing the diet, fixing the lifestyle, uh, talking about um, the uh, personal history, the emotional history of the person, uh, uh, the experiences that the person went through throughout their lives. Um, So looking at everything, that's what we call holistic. And natural, like it takes from every, you know, uh, of those, every one of those practices, natural is in the homeopathy, it is in holistic. So when you say natural and holistic, it could be interchangeable. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's interesting. So now let's talk a little bit about uh, what is uh, allopathic medicine? Allopathic medicine is uh, is based on uh, symptoms. So treating symptoms, making people feel more comfortable like suppressing the expression of their bodies so not looking at the cause because there's none to be found when you are uh, medically trained in the conventional uh, schools right Uh, allopathic is only based on treating symptoms high blood pressure i'll give you a drug to lower it Uh, headache i'll give you a painkiller and so on so that is what allopathic is. So in uh, medical training, when you go to college or go to university for medicine, is it allopathic, which is generally what is taught? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we so- start, 
the first couple of years, it's like um, studying anatomy and physiology, histology, um, all those, you know, common specialties that um, you need to know, you need to have a background, you need to know what the human body is made of. And then uh, starting in the third year and onwards, it's more clinical, which means you study diseases, but the diseases have symptoms. And you, you have to study each disease because they named them, right? There are names of diseases, mm -hmm. although they could be renamed at some point in history, like polio, <laughs> for example. So some diseases are renamed for specific purposes. But um, the idea is to memorize the symptoms that are um, attributed to each named disease and then treat them accordingly using a set of drugs, right? So studying pharmacology uh, is, you know, studying drugs and how they, uh, they are absorbed, their half-life, their interactions, their contraindications, their, you know, side effects and things like that. So this is part of medical training. Um, and basically every single disease in medicine is said to be idiopathic, with me, which means we don't know the real cause of it. We don't know why it happens. So um, the theories is that uh, diseases can be viral or bacterial or genetic or unknown. And there's absolutely like no reference to um, for example, nutrition, except in some cases. And I think you'd be surprised to know that uh, the medical curriculum does not include uh, a module or um, a deep dive in nutrition. Nothing like that. So nutrition is referred to from time to time when you study, for example, diabetes. and uh, But it, there is no special program that is designed for doctors to study nutrition so, wow now is this yeah. is this just in uh let's say the united states or canada or the west or is this basically how medicine is taught around the world at this point yeah it's everywhere it's a, it's a standard and, and yeah. do, you, yeah. do you know when this became the standard Oh, it started in the late nineteen, late eighteen hundreds, the early nineteen hundreds, with the Rockefeller and Carnegie, and then the Flexner report. Right. We won't, we won't go into those details, but uh, there is a very good documentary that uh, that was uh, made by uh, in collaboration between uh, Doctor Andy Kaufman, Andy Kaufman, and uh, Space Busters. It's on Odyssey. It's called uh, Hippocrates. Hypocrisy. Right, right. I've seen. I've actually yeah. seen it. Yeah. Um, so, so what? What? So, just so we know, prior to the the late eighteen hundreds and us moving into the Rockefeller Medical Industrial Complex system, you know, uh, post the Flexner report, what, what was being taught? Before that, uh, first off, was it different in different places around the world? Obviously, we weren't connected by the Internet, so knowledge spread differently back then. Uh, how was that? Was it more of a natural approach, more of a holistic approach? Absolutely. 
it was all natural uh, back then. People were uh, using, you know, different approaches. There were Ayurveda in, uh, in India, for example, um, herbs and natural herbs in, uh, in all the uh, East Asia and Middle East. And, and I would believe also in North America and like America in general and Europe. So everywhere it was like only natural health, which means the doctors did not get involved in someone's health unless it was really necessary. People so, knew how to handle, how to deal with the sickness. And then it became industrialized after the Rockefeller took over. Right, because prior to that, or in the, the natural health, holistic health uh, sort of sector today, it would be what? Mm -hmm. People are focused on treating the symptoms, but also working on the root cause. Want to make the, yes. the patient more comfortable by treating some of the symptoms, but using herbs, using minerals, using vitamins, things of that nature, uh, versus going uh, directly to big pharma for the solution. Exactly, exactly. And focusing on the mind as well. The mind is sex. It's very important, you know, um, talking to someone. Now, my sessions most of the time are a lot of talking and listening, asking questions because identifying the cause of an issue most of the time goes back to an experience that the person gone, has gone through, a personal experience, a shock, emotions. For example, yeah. a loss of someone or separation from someone or some place or, you know, some conflicts. And those are the main causes of disease. Oh, so it becomes me mental, and, mental and emotional. Absolutely. And then what a wearing down of the body of the immune system? Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't really believe in the immune system anymore. Uh, oh, let's get uh, into. Not, we'll get we'll get into that shortly. So, not after not after I uh, became a uh, uh, natural health uh, coach. <laughs> <laughs> what and what and just started studying more and talking to more uh, clients or patients. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, let's let's come back to that for sure. Uh, let's talk about right now how the. Uh, big pharma industry has a stranglehold over doctors and how the medical training works and, and all of that stuff. Yeah, so as I said, the medical training is based on symptoms. So teaching doctors and having them memorize the set of symptoms for each disease, and then you have the corresponding treatment that is appropriate according to them, uh, that the doctors need to learn. So, um, and the textbooks that are used uh, in the medical curriculum are almost all of them, you know, funded by Big Pharma. Um, doctors in practice, they do have software, they do have uh, manuals that are from Big Pharma. And I will cite one example, uh, the Merck Diagnostic Manual. So, it is, it's a huge manual that was made into a software and probably a couple of decades ago and it keeps being updated. So, which means that uh, the doctors will just enter the symptoms and they will have a suggestion of possible diseases and then the corresponding treatment that is uh, uh, 
according to them suggested or appropriate for, for each case. So uh, big pharma, they do have these manuals, they do have these textbooks, and they are used in medical training. Now, after they are, um, in, when they are in their practice, doctors receive visits from sales reps, from big pharma sales reps. And uh, since I've worked at a big pharma, I know how it works. Uh, doctors are classified by big pharma as uh, um, it, it depends on, uh, on the, the companies, big pharma companies, but some of them will classify them as big, like gold prescriber, silver prescriber, and bronze prescriber, for example, or ABC. And the focus is to increase the prescription in the bronze or the C category to bring them to the B, and then the Bs to bring them to the As. The As you have to maintain them. How do they maintain them? By becoming friends with them, by offering, uh, you know, um, gifts, uh, pens, and suitcases, and and bags, and things like that, and offering them uh, subscriptions uh, to magazines or uh, funding for their trials or uh, registrations to conferences, and um, they even pay for their travels and lodging for international conferences and, and things like that. So it is not cash, but it is still a gift, right? Yeah. Um, and it has become a business for these doctors. And I have seen it with my own eyes and heard it with my own ears, doctors asking directly to the rep, uh, to get them prescription, uh, sorry, subscriptions or registrations or to, uh, you know, if you want me to prescribe your drug, then take me to this conference, you know. And while, while they are at those conferences, usually they have a time, free time, and they are enter entertained. So they go on touristic tours and they go on, you know, uh, they do some entertainment or massages or whatever it is, and it's all paid by Big Pharma. Definitely. When, when I was in college about 20 years ago in Philadelphia, I was running a uh, valet parking for this guy who controlled all the top restaurants in Philadelphia. One of them was Capitol Grill, and they used to host so many uh, doctors, the big pharma groups. They would come in at the time. They were really pushing Viagra. It was about 20 years ago, mm -hmm. and the sales rep would pull up in their Ford minivan, and they would have these uh, plastic drawers in the back of the van. They would look like a drug yeah. dealer. They open up. They'd take them out. The doctors would all show up. They do valet parking. They come in. They eat a, you know, a super expensive dry aged steak. You know, and the next thing you know, they're leaving yeah. with boxes of samples and everything else. Then, if you know, I had friends that went into marketing and uh, big pharma. And then, what was it about ten years ago? They supposedly changed some of the laws that they weren't allowed to hand out direct gifts. And I ran into a buddy of mine about five years ago. I said, "Oh, you're still in it? I thought you told me they changed everything." And he said. No, there's just different rules and regulations. We have to move it around a different way than we did before. One of which is what you said. They can pay for them to go to a medical medical conference in Las Vegas, but the mm -hmm. next thing you know, they're getting $5,000 in free tokens, to, you know, chips to play at the casino. Yeah. They get to go to all the Blue Band Group shows. They could bring their wife exactly. and their kids with them. Yeah. Always work around the loopholes. Right. So, that, so that's the carrot. 
Now, what is the stick for doctors? I mean, I don't younger doctors that come up through the system, right? You go to school to be a doctor. Obviously, it may be someone uh, just like someone starting out in politics. Maybe they really do want to help people. Maybe they have uh, true intentions. Uh, next thing you know, you're two, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars in debt uh, from medical school. You go out there. You've got to work in a residency in a hospital. You know, twenty four hours a day for a couple of years. Uh, you plan on making a lot of money. That's one of the reasons you would dedicate eight, ten years of your life to go to uh, a school for for medicine. And then all of a sudden here in the United States, you're pressured into joining the American Medical Association, other organizations. So what happens now to a doctor? And I know uh, back under the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, there were some doctors, uh, more innovative entrepreneurial types that were going out and trying to offer concierge services, basically direct pay services. But what happens to doctors that try to step outside of the system? Maybe those that aren't even going to be vocal and get on Twitter or TikTok or YouTube, but those in their own practice to try to step outside of the system? Well, we've seen many examples, uh, especially over the course of the last three years. We've seen people like doctors um, being um, investigated and, uh, you know, being um, uh, reprimanded or they get their license withdrawn. Um, they, they won't let them. They won't let them get out of the system unless they, you know, completely give up their uh, medical uh, license. And you can't step away from the system unless you are completely destroyed. They will destroy you. 